Hello and welcome to Leaving Cert Classics, a student's guide. This is my podcast for your Leaving Cert. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of Leaving Certificate Classics, where this week we're going to delve into book 17 to 20, where our hero will face new challenges encounter some familiar faces and plot his triumphant return to Ithaca. Let's get started. So let's begin with a summary of chapter 17 and we see Telemachus departing from Odysseus at Eumaeus's shelter and he proceeds to the palace where Penelope and his nurse Eurycleia welcome him home with tears. Inside the palace hall, he encounters his friends, Theoclamenus and Piraeus. Telemachus advises Piraeus against bringing Menelaus' gifts to the palace, expressing concern that the suitors might steal them if they harm him. During a meal with Penelope, Telemachus shares the limited news he gathered about Odysseus in Pylos and Sparta, carefully omitting the fact that he has seen Odysseus. Theoclamenus interjects at this point, swearing that Odysseus is currently in Ithaca. Meanwhile, Eumaeus and Odysseus are following Telemachus' path towards the town. Along the way, they encounter one of the suitors, Melanthius, a particularly nasty suitor. Melanthius ridicules Eumaeus and kicks Odysseus, who is still disguised as a beggar. Odysseus faces a similarly inhospitable reception when he reaches the palace. The suitors reluctantly offer him food, and Antinous goes out of his way to insult the disguised Odysseus. Responding in kind, Odysseus provokes Antinous, who retaliates by striking him with a stool. News of this cruelty reaches Penelope, prompting her to request the beggar's presence for questioning it. However, Odysseus is cautious about meeting Penelope, as he does not want to reveal himself too soon. At this point, Eumaeus announces his departure, leaving Odysseus in the palace, his own palace, disguised as a beggar, ready to take action to fight and win it back. And the brief analysis, just highlighting some of the important points that you need to be aware of. In this book, once again, we see Odysseus's resilience and cunning. He demonstrates this, facing numerous challenges and setbacks on his journey. In ancient hero narratives, resilience and resourcefulness are revered quality. They emphasize the hero's capacity to overcome adversity. And here, with Odysseus continuing his disguise as a beggar, refusing to meet his wife too soon, once again shows his cunning. We also see strategic planning. Telemachus, Odysseus' son, exhibits his emerging leadership qualities. He strategizes with Odysseus on a plan to overthrow the suitors. And this notion of leadership is deeply ingrained in heroic narratives with leaders often called upon to protect their homes and people. Telemachus's actions align with the expectations of leaders 
taking charge in times of crisis. Very important in this book is the notion of social hierarchy and respect. The disrespect shown to Odysseus, even in his disguised state, emphasizes the importance of respect and courtesy in heroic society and the lack thereof shown by the suitors. The hero is expected to receive honor and hospitality and also give honor and hospitality. Now, any violation of this code is met with consequences. And a final brief point about family and loyalty. Telemachus's emotional reunion with Penelope reflects the significance of family ties in heroic narratives. The hero's journey often involves a quest to return to loved ones, and the theme of familial loyalty is a central element. So in summary, once again in this section, we see enduring themes of heroism, leadership, and societal values inherent in ancient epic narratives. The characters' actions and interactions reflect the cultural and moral expectations placed upon heroes and leaders in the heroic tradition and also in broader Greek life. All of these are points that you can use in discussing the Odyssey. Moving swiftly on then, and Book 18 begins with Odysseus, still in disguise, facing an actual beggar, a man named Iris, in a boxing match. With the help of Athena, Odysseus easily defeats Iris, stopping just short of killing him. The suitors are amused by this spectacle, and they congratulate Odysseus. And one of the more moderate suitors, Amphinomus, even toasts to him. However, foreseeing the impending bloodshed, Odysseus privately warns Amphinomus to leave. However, he remains, bound by his fate to his demise at the hands of Telemachus. Athena then influences Penelope to appear before the suitors. She enhances Penelope's beauty and stature. Penelope deceives the suitors into giving her gifts by suggesting that Odysseus has instructed her to take a new husband if he did not return before Telemachus grew facial hair. At this point, one of the suitors called Melanto insults Odysseus and he responds with threats. Inspired by Athena, Eurymachus insults Odysseus further, leading to a tense situation. And just as a riot seems imminent, Telemachus intervenes, calming the situation and frustrating the suitors. So here we have a very short, brief book. However, we do see some interesting elements. We see physical strength and deception. Odysseus's physical strength in the boxing match against Iris. Yes, helped by Athena. However, still reflects the heroic quality of prowess in combat. The theme of deceptive appearance continues as Penelope uses her enhanced beauty to manipulate the suitors and extract gifts from them. And deception is a recurring element throughout this epic. We've seen it time and time again with disguises being used. We also see fate happening. The fate of Amphinomus, foretold by Odysseus, emphasizes the theme of destiny and the inevitability of certain events in heroic narratives. Odysseus may try to warn him, but he is fated to die 
and Amphidamus cannot avoid this. We once again see divine intervention as Athena continues to play a pivotal role in influencing the character's actions, from enhancing Odysseus' strength to inspiring Penelope and manipulating the suitors, the gods shape the course of events. We also see an interesting coming of age of Telemachus here. A fight or a riot is about to break out until he calms the situation. Once again, showing his emergence as a future leader worthy of his father. Book 19 begins with the suitors retiring for the night, which gives Telemachus and Odysseus the opportunity to proceed with their plan to remove the weapons from the hall. To facilitate their task, Athena illuminates the room, and Telemachus informs Eurycleia that the arms are being stored to prevent any damage. After the successful disposal of the weapons, Telemachus retires for the night, leaving Odysseus alone. Penelope, intrigued by the mysterious visitor, comes from the women's quarters to question him. Aware of the beggar's claim to have met Odysseus, Penelope tests his honesty by asking for a detailed description of her husband. Odysseus masterfully depicts the Greek hero himself and moves Penelope to tears. He then recounts his imagined encounter with Odysseus, a narrative sharing similarities with those told to Athena and Eumaeus in books 13 and 14, though not quite identical. Odysseus assures Penelope that Odysseus is alive, having faced numerous challenges, and predicts that he will return home within the month. Despite Penelope's offer of a bed, the beggar claims he is accustomed to the floor declines. However, he reluctantly permits Eurycleia to wash his feet. This is a very famous scene in the Odyssey, as during the foot washing, Eurycleia notices a scar on one of his feet and recognizes it as one that Odysseus received during a boar hunt with his grandfather. Overwhelmed, Eurycleia embraces Odysseus, but he silences her ensuring his secret remains protected, with Athena diverting Penelope's attention. The faithful Eurycleia regains composure and pledges to keep Odysseus's secret. Before leaving, Penelope shares a dream in which an eagle kills her geese, followed by a human-voiced eagle claiming to be her husband, having avenged her lover's deaths. Perplexed by the dream's meaning, Penelope decides to choose a new husband, Setting a challenge, she will marry the first man who can shoot an arrow through the holes of 12 axes set in the line. Setting up the action of Book 20. So Book 9 of the Odyssey, we see several key elements regarding the characteristics of heroes and leaders. We see important points, we see memorable points in the epic. First of all, we see leadership and strategy. We have Tamalicus and Odysseus following through on their plan to remove the suitors' weapons from the hall. This is going to aid them when it comes to fighting. We see the famous recognition scene. Penelope does not recognize the disguised beggar. Nobody recognizes him in fairness. 
However, the scar on his foot is recognised by Eurycleia. We also see loyalty and secrecy. Eurycleia not only recognises Odysseus, but she remains faithful to him. And the loyalty of characters such as Eurycleia underscores the importance of fidelity in her old society. Eurycleia's promise to keep Odysseus a secret reinforces the concept of trust and loyalty among individuals. So in summary, Book 19 of the Odyssey continues to explore the characteristics of heroes. We have leadership, we have divine intervention, we have testing, we have resilience, we have loyalty, we have symbols, and we have elements of faith. All making this an important and memorable book. Even if it doesn't have the action that we are going to see over the next five. And that brings us to book 20, our final book for today's episode, and a relatively calm one. If you were to make a movie, this is the night before the action scenes. We have Penelope and Odysseus both experiencing restless nights. They are grappling with the challenges that lie ahead. Odysseus is burdened by concerns about overcoming the numerous suitors. He seeks solace in the reassurance offered by Athena, who emphasizes the omnipotence of the gods. Meanwhile, Penelope is haunted by the absence of her husband and the dilemma of remarriage. She gives a fervent prayer to Artemis for release from her anguish. In response to Odysseus's plea for a favourable sign, Zeus manifests a thunderous clap, coinciding with a maid in a nearby chamber cursing the suitors. The next day brings the palace to life, and amidst the bustling activity of the court, the suitors resume their scheming to murder Telemachus. But the plan is momentarily haunted by the ominous appearance of an eagle clutching a dove. This is interpreted by Amphinomus as a forewarning of doom. Aiming to sustain Odysseus's anger, Athena has the audacious Zetepis displaying his arrogance by hurling a cow's hoof at Odysseus. In response, Telemachus issues a stern threat, yet the suitors laugh callously. Unbeknownst to them, the room and its occupants appear stained with blood. And Theoclaminus interprets these eerie occurrences as harbingers of inescapable calamity, underscoring the impending retribution that looms over the suitors. So not a huge amount happens in this book. We see omens and prophecy, and they build and they build here. Theoclaminus' interpretation of the omens, such as the eagle carrying a dove, adds a mystical dimension to narrative. Ancient heroes often encountered interpreted signs and prophecies, and the significance of these events contributes to the epic's narrative and the growing tension, and also the knowledge that the gods are on Odysseus's side. He cannot fail. He will not fail. We also see a building tension between Odysseus and the suitors. It's marked by insults, threats, acts of aggression, foreshadowing. The hero's journey frequently involves a confrontation with adversaries, and this section sees this building. We're going to have the battle scene, 
we're going to have the big action scene. Book 20, it just builds and it builds. It creates the tension. It leads us up, making us want the final battle. We despise the suitors. We're on Odysseus' side. The first half of the Odyssey and his journeys and his trials and his dalliances, we may not have always liked Odysseus. We may not have always thought he was the greatest leader, maybe not even the best of men. Remember, Penelope's been waiting here all this time while he's been living on islands with various his girlfriends. But there is no doubt at this stage who the hero is and who we want to win. And so that brings us to an end on this episode. We've witnessed the unfolding saga of Odysseus reaching a pivotal point. From the point of meeting with his son Talamachus, to the strategic plotting against the suitors, the narrative has been building to this moment. In books 20 to 24, we are going to see the showdown. We're going to see the final battle. Odysseus is going to face the ultimate showdown shortly with the suitors. He's going to reveal his true identity and we're going to have the fight scene. So join me next time where we'll finish the Odyssey. I've been Damien O'Brien. Thanks for listening to Leaving Certificate Classics. Talk soon.